0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal
1: Impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see I will live. Good morning, Edwin. How are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So excited to be having another week of podcasts and talking about the Psalms. This uh, second season, we've been getting some great feedback from our faithful oh, yeah. listeners. Appreciate that. Love those folks so much. Keep sending us the emails, text talk at ChristiansmeetHere.org. It's greatly encouraging, greatly edifying. And uh, we're just so thankful for God and His Word on this program. So let's do Psalm 14.
0: Psalm 14. And I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version this morning. The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Have they no knowledge, all the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great terror, for God is with the generation of the righteous You would shame the plans of the poor, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord restores the fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. Psalm 14, English Standard Version.
1: The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I I guess there's a word that we think of for people who say there is no God. Atheist? Atheist, right? Atheist. Uh, And how interesting it is to see this idea of people saying there is no God in a society or in a context where everybody believed in the gods. I mean, didn't they? Well, you would think so. You would think that. And so I I wonder how much of this psalm is about a rebuke towards atheists in the way we think of it, uh, as people say that there's no God at all, and how much of it is a rebuke to people who don't believe in the true God, the living God. Okay, yeah. Uh,
0: oh, well, you might as well say that if you're going to believe in false gods, you might yeah. as well say there is no God, because those gods don't exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those gods are false. Here's the interesting thing about this psalm, and I know we'll come back to it later in another conversation, but the the students and scholars of the psalm struggle with this psalm. What What everyone wants to do when they read the psalms is start by pigeonholing, labeling. What kind of psalm is this? Is it a lament? Is it a praise? Is it an adoration? Is it a royal psalm? Is it a messianic psalm? One of the labels that are given are wisdom psalm or didactic psalm, and didactic Mm -hmm. is the idea of instructive or teaching and so I don't know why we use the 50 cent word for that instead of just instructive psalm <laughs> but they call it a didactic one either way. So so what what is this? In fact, one of the authors that I read referred to this psalm as a mongrel psalm. <laughs> and he did he didn't mean that in a in a derogatory way as that sounds but he's just talking about look this is a mixture it is hard to pin this one down you can't say oh look it's a dachshund you can't say oh look it's a poodle it's it's a mix it's all of these things together where does it start It starts as a wisdom psalm. Mm -hmm. I I get, of course, it begins not with the word wisdom, but with the word fool. But that was so much of the wisdom literature trying to point out to us, this behavior is foolish, that behavior is foolish, this belief is foolish. What you need to do is something completely different. And so it starts with this very wisdom, didactic, instructive, Message that says, "I want to. I want to explain to you what folly is, and folly is declaring there is no God. Folly is living as if there is no God. Folly is not following the one true living God."
1: Yeah, I get that wisdom take for sure. Um, even before, even without leaving the Psalms, rather Psalm one hundred eleven and mm. verse ten. Is the other side of this because what it says there is Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. Well, that's about as opposite of this there is no God as you could possibly be to respect Him to obey Him.
0: Interestingly, when we as moderns divvy up the Old Testament, we have certain segments. We do it differently than the ancients did, but we'll talk about the Torah or the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books. Then we talk about the histories and we get to the end and we talk about the prophets, dividing them up between major and minor prophets, which is actually about their length, not about their value. And smack here in the middle, we have the idea of wisdom literature is what we usually
1: call it. A lot of this poetry.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know about you, but as I've as I've grown, I've rarely ever thought about the Psalms as wisdom literature. I've thought a bit more like worship literature. And yet what we see here is it does fit in well with what we have in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job, a book full of songs and poems that explain to us wise living. In fact, what this Psalm does is tells us that every other Psalm, Mm-hmm. That That pushes our faith toward God and helps us place our faith in God really is about true wisdom, mm-hmm. even as we see and i 'm thinking again I have to repeat, I know every psalm is its own literary unit but Honestly, as we've been going through these conversations, I've started picking up on on a story and a stream as we go through. I felt like maybe the first episode was was concluded in Psalm 12, and now we've moved into episode two. But however I want to view that in Psalm 14, what we've got is David expressing to all these counselors who, over the years and over the time and throughout these other psalms, have have encouraged him to turn away from the Lord, yeah. have encouraged him to give up on the Lord, the enemies. Who have tried to explain to him that the Lord is not doing you any good, why don't you just give up? That what he is doing in this psalm is letting them know, I'm not gonna give up. That would be
1: foolish. And to identify them as fools, that they wanna live and act like there is no God, that's terrible.
0: That's powerful. That's powerful to identify the fact that those who are our enemies, who are pushing us away, they're actually the foolish ones. I I think that's really important. I'm glad that you said that right there because that's making me think of something going in a different direction than what I was thinking a few moments ago about this conversation. And that is we live in a day where who, who are the people that are touted as the wise and the intelligent people?
1: Well, obviously the wisest people are the ones who are atheists.
0: Yeah. They're, <laughs>
1: Self-avowed. So,
0: so they have studied
1: and they have learned and they have figured everything out. And, and
0: we religious Christian peoples, we're just backwoods people who believe in mythologies and yeah. and fairy tales. And yet what David highlights, it was true then and it's true now, folly is not believing in
1: God. So I heard a story one time, and it was reported to me to be true. I won't tell the names to protect whoever I can protect. But anyway, the story went like this. There was a, a Christian, a New Testament Christian, an opportunity to speak at a college He was doing a presentation of evidences to support a creationist worldview, that there is a God, that there is a maker. And apparently there was a fair mix of people in the university, uh, both, of course, the creationists and self-professed Christians that wanted him to be there, uh, but then people from the other side too, the humanist worldview, the evolutionist worldview, the there is no God story of how we got here. One of the very first questions to come up in the Q&A was by one of these uh, self-professed Christians speaking to the creationist professor or uh, speaker and saying, the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Would you comment on that? (laughs) What did the guy say? (laughs) I'm not sure how he, 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 uh, he, it was a difficult spot for him. And and I will tell you why, obviously the Bible says that. But in that context, and in that moment, the speaker's goal was to try to build some bridges and to yeah. persuade some people to come over and give a fair hearing. Uh, and and uh, by interjecting this word fool into the room, uh, it, it put up a lot of uh, defense. That's not to take away from what the Bible says, but I guess I just wanted to build on not only do you have... A society where we see the wisest people uh, in the society as a society are those who typically say there is no God, right? But then it is, uh, you know, offensive. People are easily offended at even the suggestion that that could be wrong or, or even foolish. I mean, it calls into question the entire worldview. It calls into question the entire reality uh, if there is a God.
0: I do not want to suggest that folks who are atheists, who do not believe in God, are utterly ignorant and um, not helpful at all in the studying they do. Listen, I am very thankful for uh, so many of the advances that have been found by people who said, I am not going to be satisfied with just saying God did this. Let's see if we can figure some things out. But here's what I find most interesting is that's not actually how the study of science started. It, yeah. it did not start by people saying, I'm not satisfied saying God did this. Let me figure out how it actually worked. The study of science actually started with people saying, isn't God's world amazing? I want to figure out how God's doing this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they pursued that study. And we're in a day and age where folks want to tell us that folks who are Christians, who are believers in God, they don't care about the way the world works. They're just willing to chalk it up as if, you know, there are tree fairies and river fairies and and rain gods. And that's, it's just, it's just God is for us. God is against us. We're just going to chalk it all up to God. When the reality is scientific study began with people who said, God's world is so amazing. I want to understand how this works. Over time, it shifted to people removing God from the picture we don't have to do that. In fact, it is folly to do that, and I will just say this one thing about it is that those who have removed god from the picture always get to a point where they have to say, "Yeah, but I don't know how this worked. Don't know how it worked. I d- I don't know where everything came from. I know it I know it can't just come into existence on its own, and I know it can't live forever. I don't know how that happened."
1: Well, we do have a dilemma on this earth. There there is a god or there is not. I mean, that's true or false on that. I believe there is absolutely unequivocally, okay, there is a God. The consequence though is if there's a God and you pursue a life in such a way that there is no God, you are fundamentally misunderstanding reality and the world that you live in. I agree with that. You know, and and, uh, some very smart people can still look at processes and cause and effect and figure out some things about how the world works or certain systems in the world work. But you are fundamentally misunderstanding reality if you deny there's a God. That's the foolishness.
0: God brought everything into existence, and the reason I need to understand that is that everything that is in existence is here in order to give glory to God.
1: Yeah, including you. That's
0: right. <laughs> I My goal in life needs to be to give glory to God. You you quoted from the psalmist earlier. We see it in the Proverbs. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's knowing the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's recognizing the Lord. It's attributing to the Lord the creative power that he has. And so let's move away from folly. Let's yeah. move away from folly. Folly is saying there is no God. I'm not going to follow him wisdom is starting with acknowledging God in everything that goes on in my life. And so let's begin with wisdom. We're so glad that you've tuned in this week. We're excited about our conversations on Psalm 14 as we dig deeper into this wisdom of the Lord God. We ask you to keep joining us Share the podcast with others if it's helping you. Review it, rate it on your favorite podcast app. That really does help us get this word out to more people. And we'd love to hear from you as well. Text talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Text talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org.
1: Andrew, wrap us up with prayer, brother. Our great God and Father, we humbly approach you in prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And the prayer, Father, is just short and simple. We we pray, Father, that you would drive foolishness out of our heart and folly out of our heart. That where there is, is doubt or despair about you, about your goodness, about your acts as creator, Father, drive it far, far away that we might understand truth, the world around us. Father, that we would be wise, true wisdom that begins with the fear of you. For your glory, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.